0: Anyway, we want to we talk just for a few minutes. We've been on the topic of the Holy Spirit uh, for a bit. And the verse that we just read, that Patricia just read, uh, that the Holy Spirit stirred in Aline this morning was uh, about something that God was about to do that has never happened before in the history of the church. Up to this point, 4,000 years of God working uh, revolved around Him doing stuff. Uh, 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 through people but not in people. And, and we, we, we have to understand the magnitude of this difference. He worked through them but not in them. And so the Bible would repeatedly say in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon Elijah. The Spirit of God came upon uh, Samson, and and on goes this story, and there a miracle would be produced, and then the Spirit of God would be lifted from them. Uh, It was for the purpose. But then now, as we just read And Joel prophesied this several hundred years ago. This is a quote. What she read out of Acts was a quote from the book of Joel. One of the Old Testament prophets prophesied that in the last day, now in the last day, when it speaks of that, it's referencing from the time of Jesus Christ coming on earth, uh, being crucified, and then raised from the dead. That's when You read about the last days, that's when that began, which that means that's our day. That's the day that you and I are living in, and the day that the Spirit of God was going to come down, it was going to fill on everyone, it was going to fill us up, and it's going to work through us, and it usually would say that they were all filled with the Spirit, they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. In other words, signifying that uh, that they would receive a, a heavenly prayer language, uh, they would all receive a heavenly prayer language, and and the gifts of the Spirit would be released and it would flow uh, in a fresh way through everyone. It was no longer just upon a few. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Are you with me? I want you to stay with me, because this includes you today. And if we miss this today, we miss what Pentecost was all about. And, and, and as I said last week, you know, we really know how to, uh, Hallmark really knows how to celebrate, uh, you know, Christmas and really knows how to celebrate, you know, uh, the uh, the Passover. But when it comes to the Pentecost, you don't see very many cards with people lifting their hands and speaking in tongues. It's just not there, you know. Hallmark hasn't quite figured that one out yet. Maybe someday they will. But, and we've somehow even in the in the larger body of the church, they've left that out. It's just it's just a, a topic. We well, had yeah, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Boom, we gone, and we never really stopped to say, wow. Who is this Holy Spirit? My statement to you is that if you miss who the Holy Spirit is today, it would be exactly like when the disciples, the ones that missed Jesus, missed Jesus when he was on earth. There is absolutely no difference. So that tells me, man, i got to tune in here. i got to hear what we're about to hear again today and over the last couple weeks. I need to hear this personally because it will change my life. It will transform my life. It will take me out of being just some religious person that goes to church to literally, what? Being the church. It didn't say you were going to go and witness. It said you would be a witness. What what does that mean? That means you would would be a witness through your life of what God's all about, just like Jesus did when he walked on earth. That's why everybody was amazed. They were like, wow, wow. What are you doing? Even his own disciples after a few years. Jesus, will you just teach us how to pray? What you're doing, we haven't accomplished yet. But we're seeing it, and we're around it, and we're by it, and you're telling us to. And then, of course, his last commission had everything to do with, hey, I'm going to the Father, but I want you to go wait in the upper room until you can love people enough. I want you to wait in the upper room until you're perfect and you're not going to sin anymore. That's not what he said at all, is it? I don't know why he missed this. Somehow, why didn't he say that? Because he knew you couldn't have done any of that without the power of God. So he says, I want you to go. I want you to wait for the power of God. And that's what, that's what this whole message is about today, again, after the and, and really, even, even next week, I'm going to talk next week about the whole, the whole issue of a prayer language because that seems to trip a lot of people up. And, and, and yet, if that is a catalyst for the fullness of the Spirit on a regular basis, then how many think we ought to know about that? You know, what is that? And we'll talk about that next week. I don't have, I'm not going to talk about it this week, but next week I will. I, I, it's going to transform your life. You're going to see, wow, that's so simple. That makes so much sense. How did we ever make it so complicated and so weird? and so strange. You know, how do we do that? I don't know. We manage to do that sometimes, don't we? So there's four key words uh, revolved around uh, the, the whole concept of Pentecost. And I want to just give you these four words, uh, and, and, and then we're going to go through some scriptures and look at this. And, and again, I want you to maybe make note of the scriptures so that you can read them yourself and meditate on them and let them transform you. So, Father, even now as we begin to look into your word, I pray that, Lord, it wouldn't be like any other day. Today is actually a celebration of the Pentecost where the Spirit was poured out. So pour out Yourself on us today. Lord, revive us today with the power of Your Holy Spirit that we might not walk away today the same that we walked in. God, that's not Your intention or Your desire, but You said that You would fill us all up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And uh, the reference for the that we read out of Acts earlier is Joel chapter 2, and verse twenty-eight, and it shall come to pass afterward, or uh, in that day, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Would you say all flesh? All flesh. That's everybody in this room. That's all of us. It's not just for some, and, and it's for everybody. And here's four words. Number one, uh, the, the 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 key words concerning Pentecost is number one the purpose. The purpose was that we would actually become a witness of his character, of his presence, of his power, and his authority. So you have purpose. He came to put purpose in you. The second thing was the promise. Uh, Jesus said to the disciples, hey, I'm bringing to you a promise, and that promise is what I just read out of Joel, what we just read out of Acts, is I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the person of the Holy Spirit, and if you read John chapter 16, every time he addresses the Holy Spirit, he uses a personal pronoun. When he comes, he will lead you. He will guide you. So it's not just this mystical thing, this cloud that's going to come upon us. No, it's a person that's coming alive in us. And he, he, he saved you and put his, his Spirit in you so that you could receive the fullness of the Spirit on an ongoing basis. it always has to be ongoing. It's never a one-time thing. I, don't you wish you could put gas in your car once and it would never stop again? It doesn't happen that way. Neither does it happen with the Holy Spirit. Because you need to be filled and you read the scriptures and you see it over and over. The third aspect of this whole Pentecost is really the power of God. He says, I want to bestow upon you this power that's supernatural. It's beyond the natural. Anybody can be nice naturally. How many know that? How many know some people that are nicer than who you are? Yeah, just raise your hand. Come on, let's be honest. Right? I mean, so it's not about being nice. Uh, You should be, please. Don't mistake mistake me here for what I'm saying. But but yet, it's not about just being nice. It's about the power that's able to work through your life and, and, and create an atmosphere around you and through you that's absolutely amazing. And then the last part of Pentecost, really, it had to do with provision. Had to do with provision. It talks about the feast of weeks and the harvest and and so forth. And in that harvest, they were all commanded at that time: number one, to bring a first fruits, and number two, to leave a corner in the field uh, unharvested, so that the poor and the needy could come and receive from that. And so, it had to do with that. It had to do with them trusting God enough to not. Just take every last bit of it for themselves, but really believe what he says and honor him in their giving and in their provision. We are called to care for the needy and the hurting and those that are without. How many would say amen to that? I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just the character and the nature of God that is in us or should be in us if we've been born again. And, and I'll just tell you, we over this last month, we were able as a church, because of your continued generosity, which, how many notice the tithe and offering boxes back there on the wall? That's what we'll just, we we'll just put those there. So I would like to ask every one of you to try it out at least once today before you leave. <laughs> Come on, laugh a little bit. <clears throat> but try it out, too. Anyway, uh, we just want to make sure it works. Bob's concerned, you know, that it's going to really hold uh, a, a lot of money. So anyway, just, just pour it in. But, but it had to do with the generosity of God. And that generosity helps us learn how to walk in the character and nature of God, but it also helps the unsaved, those that are far from God, to begin to experience the love of God. And so they would leave a corner of their field and they would come to be harvested by the needy that didn't have. And so there was a provision that is involved in Pentecost that I think is important to note because God wants you to know he is your provider. Come on, it's an awesome thing. Can you say amen real loud? I haven't heard you so long. Okay, good. Awesome. All right. Uh, just let me read two verses to you and, and, and just put these down 2 Peter 1 3 and Ephesians 3.16. 16. 2 Peter 1 3 says this here. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge or the knowing or the intimacy, that he has called us to glory and virtue. So he's given us this divine aspect of himself. He's given it to each one of us. He he never expected you to do what you do on your own. In fact, you can only glorify God as you release the Holy Spirit through your life. Because again, it's not about just being nice. Can you tell your neighbor that? It's just not about being nice. Come on, we gotta catch this. We gotta catch this. I, I want to... I want to be more than nice. And then Ephesians 3.16 says this here. It says that he would grant according to the riches of his glory to, strength, uh, to be strengthened with might by his spirit whereat. Can you say it with me? In the inner man. So there's, there's something about the Holy Spirit that can come upon us and I really believe that once we really grasp this and once we really take a hold of what we're talking about here, I believe he's going to deal with anxiety. I think he's going to deal with fear. I think he's going to deal with the, uh, the, the, the elements that the, that the doctors have somehow come up with a poor resolve to through drugs and medicine and so forth. He wants to come and bring great peace to you. And as you guys know it, that one of the, maybe one of the highest-selling drugs is about anxiety and so forth. And I know that anxiety can be real, but I also know that the power of the Holy Spirit can change all that. I mean, even Jesus said, man, I'm the prince of, I'm the prince of what? Peace. Come on. But sometimes we don't get filled. And if we're not filled, we're not going to experience that great fullness and peace but God wants to release that. And if you just receive that, maybe you wrestle with or struggle with anxiety and stress and you may even be on medications. I would just challenge you up. Begin to pray, believe, pray, believe, get in the word, pray, believe until you recognize that man is gone. Is out of here. Come on. Can I get a better amen than that? I mean this is so true for our day. How many people are just stressed out and it's causing problems in their relationships, in their jobs, in their marriages, all because they're overstressed? And and man, if we can catch this, I believe that God wants to change things. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Each one of us, each one of you must turn away from his sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, so get saved, have faith, turn from your sins, get saved. Get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven and that you will receive the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. So we see the three steps, or we call them the foundation stones of our relationship with God. And it has to do with receiving this gift of the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 28 I mean, excuse me, 26 and verse 10 says this here. And I'm loading you with Scripture this morning because I want some of this to become a revelation to you personally. Don't tune out on the reading of the Scriptures because it's just the, the, the preaching of the Word, okay, that has the power to transform us. Otherwise, if I don't really believe that, I will sit Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and never really be transformed. And and, and I'm telling you, if the world ever needed a transformed church, it really is today. And it needs a church that embodies the power of the Holy Spirit just like we read about in the book of Acts. Come on, let's read the book of Acts and say, God, I don't believe this yet. Matter of fact, I, I might even challenge you. A bit of a different story, but it, it, it's kind of how God works sometimes. When I was first saved, you know, I, used to, I, I, I got saved in one of those wild Pentecostal churches, you know, that swung on the chandeliers and so forth. Yes, all right. Yes. It's, it's probably a lot better than the opposite. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, I can remember they talked about demons all the time, you know, and I remember driving to church and they never taught much about it. They just talked about it all the time. And, and I remember driving to church one day, and I was saying, you know, God, I just don't think I believe in demons. I mean, I just don't believe it. Okay, so <laughs> church ends, you know, I was the one that would clean up and lock the doors for the church and so forth. And me and a, a friend of mine, Gary Clark, we were doing this. And actually, there was another guy there that was new to the church from Hawaii. And we, were cleaning the, we cleaned up the church, and we locked it up. And this was night services. How many remember what night services were like? Okay, I don't know why they were more powerful, but they were. Uh, but anyway, uh, we go outside. Well, some guy pulls into the parking lot, and I am not kidding. He gets out, and he walks over to us, and he starts talking to us. And pretty soon, his whole face become contorted, and he, you can hear a voice speaking through him. Well, I'm freaking out, you know, because I'm, I'm saved six months at this point. I know nothing, okay? The only thing I did know is that I had a Bible in my hand. And I kid you not, I remember just thinking, what do I do? So I held my Bible toward him, and it, it knocked him to the ground, and he could not get up. Well, my two friends knew less than I did, I think. Okay, And so it was just a scary situation because I'm thinking, I'm going to be here all night. You know, Maybe I'll hand it to them and run. I wasn't sure what to do, but I needed to do something. you know. But anyway, I held it toward him, and he could not get up. Okay? Our pastor and the guest speaker for that weekend came. Uh, into the parking lot after having coffee, and I remember, you know, I did. I gave my fr- Gary, I gave him the Bible. I said, "Just hold this right there," <laughs> and I ran over and I said, "You got to come." And this guy's demon possessed. And I said, "Okay, we'll be there in a minute." I said, "No, it's not a minute. It's now, man. This guy is contorted," and 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 uh, went through this whole experience. And they came over finally and and dealt with the issue. But I I, I remember just saying, uh, "I better be careful with what I ask God." I say that to say this, I need you to ask God about his Holy Spirit, okay? I mean, and really, and just begin to, let's just take this next week, and that's going to be kind of our homework, is this coming week, is I want you to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, just fill you with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and you'll have some scriptures here, if you just take some notes here, you'll have some scriptures that you can begin to read and say, okay, I don't know what this is, but... But I want what you have for me, Lord. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-six and verse ten it says, "And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land. Remember, we talked about first fruits, which which you, O Lord, have given me, and you shall it, and, and and you shall set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord your God." And so he says, "I want you to bring this first fruits." Is really what he's saying, and they were recognizing that this was from the Lord. Proverbs chapter. 3 and verse 9, another familiar scripture probably to you. I've read it to you. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. Remember hearing that verse before? Okay, so he's kind of he's doing this. He's taking the Old Testament picture of, uh, of things so that we can understand a New Testament principle. And this is what I want you to get here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 23. Romans 8, 23. And not only they, but ourselves also have what? The first fruits of the Spirit. So he's coming to give us the first fruits of the Spirit. How many remember that commercial, A Little Dabble Do Ya? Yeah. Okay, but well, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, A Little Dabble Do Ya, let me just tell you that right now. It starts out, it's an amazing thing, but he wants to give you the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we need to begin to say, okay, God, what does that mean? I mean, some of us wrestle with things a long time, and, 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 and we never overcome it, and it's because we don't come back to the source of power, which is the Holy Spirit person in us and needs to be filling us on a regular basis. We've learned very well how to uh, read the Scriptures. We've learned very well how to study the Scriptures. But how many know more Scriptures than actually you see in action? Can anybody agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you read it, you know. Well, I, but but that, yet the action of it. Well, we need some help. And I don't know. I don't think I would be wrong in saying that most of us here, most of us here, would like to see more of God's power working in us and through us, right? And yeah. I and this is what we're talking about here. God wants it to happen. He started His church that way. In the Book of Acts, it was crazy with the power of God. And it's an awesome thing. And I don't believe that he ever meant for that to diminish with time. Never. He always wanted that to grow. That's why he says, I want you to go from glory to glory. I want you to go from one point of his glory to the next point of his glory to the next point of his glory. Now, somehow, as a church at large, the church, large church, We've gotten distracted by that or from that, and we've kind of let things be happy just to have the Bible and just to have the Word, but we left the power. I think we have more Word, (laughs) probably, than we'll ever use in our lifetime. How many would agree with that? Okay, So let's just turn our focus a little bit now to what the real issue is, and that's found... In First uh, Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. Now listen to this and, and you see it up here. First Corinthians 4 and verse 20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words. Another translation says, in talk alone, but in, would you say it with me? Power. Now the word power there is dunamis. In the Greek, it's it, it's dunamis, and it's where we get our Uh, English word dynamite. So he's trying to paint a picture for us that this power is not just some little nice, I'm gonna come to church and sit here and it's gonna be nice and I'm gonna be a better person when I leave today. I'm gonna be nicer to my, my spouse. I'm gonna be nicer to my neighbor. It's not about that at all. It's more about allowing the God who created the universe to work in you and then through you. Because the word is not enough. Even your worship isn't enough with just word, is it? Those that worship me must do it, John 4, 24, in spirit and in truth. And I am not diminishing the word. I, you guys know that. You know that. But the word isn't the problem today. It's everywhere, isn't it? I mean, we're listening to stuff all the time. Your phone reads your Bible to you. Come on. But it's the power that we're after. And this is what I want to challenge us up to. Let's get back to the original model of the church and not settle for less until we get there. It's an important thing. It's really the supernatural part of this is what the kingdom of God is all about. We've just gotten so comfortable even presenting the kingdom of God in word, and, and you know, we can, we can debate about the word a lot, and, you know, I've just gone to the point where I don't even want to debate with you about the word. If you want to think something different, you know, go for it. If you want to see what I see in the word, I'll take you through it. But if you want to just argue about it, go argue with somebody else that has more time than me. I want the power of God to come back to the church. We need, the world needs it. And they're looking for it. Remember what I said earlier in the prayer time is we are actually seeing the power. Now listen to this. We're seeing the power of the demonic working in our city. Come on let's just be if we until we can get honest with this we're never going to come up and say god that's not supposed to be you said to even to abraham wherever my foot would be i would take that land and we're not doing that and why is that because a large majority of the church has forgotten about the person of the Holy Spirit, and they've been happy with programs, they've been happy with just knowing the Bible, and they've been happy with just being good neighbors and good friends, and all those things are good, but yet they're not enough for what the world needs to find Christ. You need the power of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? And and, and 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 I I just want us to catch this. Acts chapter one and verse five. John truly baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 1, verse 8, you will receive the power. You will receive the power when? When Pentecost has come upon you. Right? Come on, that's what it should say. When the when Holy Spirit, when Pentecost comes upon you is when you're going to receive the power. And, and, and it's, it's something that just, we almost have to hammer it out of our minds so that we can take a hold of this. Luke chapter 1 and verse 9. Uh, And then he called the 12 disciples because he pulled the 12 disciples and then he pulled the 70 in the course of the Gospels. And listen to what he says to them. This is important, Luke 1, 9. Then he called the 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them to preach what? The kingdom of God and to do what? To heal the sick. And he sent them back. He gave them the power and the authority to do that. Well, look at this here. Now he's getting ready to send out the 70. Okay? He's bringing some increase. And, and if you remember one of the stories in the Bible with the sons of Sceva, he sent them out. They went out. They came face to face with the real demonic forces. And they came back beat up and naked, the Bible says. Because they didn't know what to do. And what did Jesus say? Hey, you need to fast and pray over this then. You don't need to settle for this. You need to fast and pray. You need to get more radical with your own life so that you won't go out there and get beat up by the devil. Right. Listen to this. Then the 70 returned with joy. They went out and now they're coming back. They returned with joy. And look, what did they say? You know, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah. Come on. This is so awesome. Behold, I give you authority to trample on the serpents and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Come on, I think about when you know somebody texted me earlier, just you know, kind of concerned about the whole coronavirus plague thing, you know, that's happening around us, the whole thing that's going on around us, and you know, I, you know, and my response was really, hey, you know, God will deal with that just like He did with, with it in Egypt. Come on, when they started coming against the people of God, which our nation is doing. I hope you see that. Okay, it's not an accident. When it started coming against it, they prayed, they sought the Lord, and they went forward. They sent Moses forward with the authority. And what happened? God came behind them because the battle is not yours. It's his. The victory's ours. But we have to step into place for that. We have to be available for that because he might need you to say something when it comes to that. Right? Come on. We are the oracle of God. And so 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 we can't be silent, but we can't think that it's us either. We have to go to this new level of, okay, God, what are you calling us to do? Are you calling me to go out? And I even thought while we were worshiping, you know, it might not hurt for us to go find the police station that's by us and go inside of there carefully and just say, hey, thank you for what you're doing and let's just bless them maybe take them some flowers or some cookies and just say hey thanks for what you're doing because you can imagine the criticism they're getting and the pressure they feel just because there's a few bad apples come on most of them are risking their lives for us literally they don't know what they're going to come up against nowadays they're risking their lives for us, and so I just give that to you. If you feel, go by, at least pray for your police station, but maybe just go in and just thank them for what they're doing. They, they need it. Listen to this, Luke chapter 8. Uh, no, let's do something else. Let's just go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Just jump down there. I want to I stir us up with this. There's no difference of how you receive the things of God today than how they did in the Old Testament. I think Jonathan kind of referred to it earlier, humble yourselves, right? That's important. But listen to this here. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word strength there is very comparable to the word power in the New Testament, dunamis in the New Testament. This has the same idea, but it's a Hebrew word. And so they that wait upon the Lord will renew what? Their strength. Now look at what their strength does. This tells you it's not like they just you know, lifted dumbbells while they were waiting. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. How many know that's supernatural? You don't do that without being supernatural. And you're going to walk and you're not going to faint. And so, so even in the Old Testament, for the power, for the strength, the Bible clearly says you must wait upon the Lord. Now, uh, just, just, just let that settle in. Exodus chapter. 9 and verse 16, and I'm going to wrap this up here in just a few minutes. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, speaking to Moses, I've raised you up, that I may show my power, there's that word again, in you, and that my name may be declared to all the earth. See, it's a release of his power through you that literally brings glory to your Father in heaven is all of a sudden it's, it's realized. Acts 1, 4 and 5, again. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. They that wait upon the Lord. If you're not experiencing, can I just put it this way, maybe simplify this? If you're not experiencing the supernatural, maybe you're not or don't know how to wait upon the Lord for this. We're going to learn this, and I'm going to talk next week uh, uh, about this, because I, I believe it is all possible. Um, let's wrap up with, uh, go to the Matthew verse, please, Matthew chapter 7. It, this comes right after the uh, friend goes to the n- neighbor and says, hey, I need some bread because I got some company from out of town. You remember that story? And, and, and the guy just keep, the guy says, go away. Me and my kids are in bed. Go away. Okay? And, and the guy doesn't go away. And finally, the Bible says, because of his persistence, he pressed in, he pushed further, he pressed the limits of his own mind. And the guy says, Because of that, I'm going to get up and I'm going to give you some bread. Right after that parable comes Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. How many will receive? Everyone. Are you part of Everyone. You are, aren't you? Are you a part of all flesh? He's going to pour it on all flesh. So, so let's not minimize ourselves. but I find sometimes there's a couple things that transpires. Number one, maybe I, uh, I'm like uh, the, the disciples in Ephesus where when the, when the after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came, okay, and the disciples went about to tell people, there was a whole bunch of groups that just said, hey, I, we haven't even heard about this yet. We've been in church all our life. We haven't heard about this. And it says, okay, boom, tells them about it, lays hand on them, and they receive it. Okay, just like that. So there's some here, maybe this morning, that you would say the same thing. Oh, yeah, I grew up in church. I heard about the Holy Spirit. Even my mother-in-law, who's, uh, how old is your mother? My mother 87. 87 years old. About a year ago, I think it was, that she got the revelation of the Holy Spirit, wasn't it? Somebody gave her a book. Okay. She, huh? I kind of wish I was on TV right now. I could edit that, but uh, <laughs> okay. My wife gave her a book on the Holy Spirit, okay? She reads it, and it totally just blows her mind. And she comes back and says, hey, <laughs> I mean, she's talking like about the Holy Spirit. I'm just getting blown away because they grew up in the very steep uh, uh, Reformation, Reform type church where that was, you know, not it. That, you weren't going to have that one. And, and, and so anyway, but her whole idea was, wow, I kind of heard about this, but you ne- they never really taught about the Holy Spirit. And she's just on fire and just reading this book and eating it up and just going for it. And it's like, wow. What you know, But she was in church all of her life, religiously went to church in a very traditional church. And, and, I, and I'm not dogging any churches. If they preach Jesus, I'm happy with that. But we're not that church. He's looking for a church of power he's looking for a church of power that's going to change things around us and this is where i'm targeting and, and and so if but you have to ask you have to go beyond asking it says and you've got to seek and then sometimes you have to go beyond that and you have to knock you have to just keep knocking because again sometimes maybe Maybe you just didn't hear about it. Maybe the other aspect is that you you were filled with the Spirit way back here, but through some unanswered prayers or some disappointments and some losses and some, you know, you prayed for somebody and they died and and stuff like that, it just took a bang into your heart. And so you haven't been able to recover. And so it's easier now just to kind of leave it to the side. I'm just going to, I believe that. But I'm just going to leave it over there because it was just too much trouble. Or maybe you heard somebody speak in tongues and you just thought it was too weird. It is a little weird, by the way. <laughs> I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? So something maybe happened on the journey, and so now it was easier for you just to back up and, well, let's just not go there. I'm going to pray for people, but, boy, it's not going to be with as much faith as it could be because I've been hit too hard too many times. And this is what we want to break down because I believe God has to get a hold of his church and he has to open up the Holy Spirit to us in a fresh way just like he did to them in the book of Acts. But it took them waiting. Go up and wait. Don't go till you get this or you will get beat up. You will. But we were never meant to be beat up. How many is a son or daughter of the Most High God? And I'm not saying that things don't happen to us, but I'm just telling you, the response to those things that happen to us are just like they did for Israel and Egypt. They come out of it winners. They come out of it on top. They come out of it with, with a, greater, uh, a, greater, a greater anointing and strength than ever before and a greater victory. And you can just imagine all of Egypt seeing what's going on here with Israel They take off, right, after the the plagues and so forth, and they finally decide to let them go. They take off. Now, listen, the armies went after Israel, okay? The demons went after Israel, but the people stayed at the city. And what do you think happened when they saw God protect the people of God? Something took place in their hearts. I am positive. There's no way you can sit back and not think, wow. Because remember, they lived there for a while, right? What is it, 400 years that they were in Egypt? So they saw these Christians living the life. And now they're starting to experience the power of their God when Israel finally got out of, decided to get out of Egypt. Remember, they became very comfortable with it. They just started living there. Ooh, we like this. You know, this has got, you know, riches. And remember, oh, remember when they got stuck at the edge of the water? The army was here. And what did they say? Wow, we could have been back there having leeks and garlics. We could have had all this stuff, and you brought us out here, Moses. I think, wow. And we get that way, too. We get comfortable with where we're at. And we're willing to lay aside the power. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, and he Uh, Receives and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open to him. Uh, If a son asks for bread, listen to me and listen to this very closely because this will be critical for some of you to get a hold of because some of you have just saw the negative side of all this, and so now you're afraid to even ask. But you have to get past your fear, and so he's addressing something here that's critical. Ask, seek, knock. If a son asks for a bread, uh, would any father from among you, okay, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now listen to what he says. This is critical. It's not an accident that this part of the verse is here. It's not an accident about what he's about to say he's going to give those. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Wow. This is right there for us. And my, 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 my desire for us as a church, and why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet as we close this morning. Just stand to your feet and... My desire is that you heard the words this morning and over the last really three weeks, the last two weeks and then this week about this person called the Holy Spirit that after you are born again and your temple is made righteous, okay, then that person can move in. He couldn't move in before. But that person, the Holy Spirit could move in and you would be able to live in fullness on a regular basis and we'll talk about how that happens next week i think you'll be amazed and it'll be life transforming but this morning my desire for us and we're going to do it here in just a moment is is just to ask I, i i think you need to use the word since he said ask and just say uh father uh Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I want to receive your Holy Spirit. And I I need you to be very specific about that because uh, God's very specific about it. And so let's just take a moment right now. Just right where you're at, uh, just begin to take what we just said here. Maybe he's given you a few thoughts already you're a spirit person, maybe something's, you know, jiggling a little bit, maybe something's stirring in your mind, maybe you've never heard of it, maybe you've heard of it and thought it was weird, maybe you uh, received it and through the bangs of life, you've kind of had to set it aside for your sanity's sake, okay, but God's saying, no, I need you to be filled Let's just ask him right now. Just go ahead and play a few notes there, Jonathan, and just in the privacy of your heart. And I'm asking you to do this now, but I want you to do it every morning just to get up and say that. I believe he answers prayers. Thank you, Father. I just stand with my brothers and sisters this morning I just say that God as we call out to you you said you would answer and for each one in this room God wherever the place and state they find themselves in in relation to your fullness and your Holy Spirit the infilling of the Holy Spirit I I pray that a difference would be made you said if we ask we would receive that's all we have to do and Lord then begin to take it from there And I pray and believe everyone that has asked this morning, uh, just from the sincerity of their heart, will begin to hear your voice throughout this week concerning the whole idea of the fullness of your presence in their lives. God, I thank you for each person here. I pray blessing, favor, goodness, health, protection, God, over everyone. We just believe that, Father. We also believe for that to be over our city. Begin to move now, even, Lord God, in, in, in the demonic forces and the demonic atmosphere. Begin to push them back because of the power of your church speaking forward. And Lord, we thank you for that. We bless you. We honor you. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name.